theyeshiva.net. A good kibenchdiar, a ksiva vachsima toiva, shana toivum sukkit to all of you, dear brothers and sisters and friends, lamanachai vereya dabna shalom bach. To be a blessed year, tochil shana ubirchai seha. So this week, of course, is the week before Rosh Hashanah, the week of Slichus. Be'ezer Hashem, today, Monday and Thursday, we're going to learn a special Sicha of the Rebbe that's on Rosh Hashanah. And also to remind you that tomorrow, which is Tuesday at 12.45, we're going to have a woman's class. We're back in live. We're back live in person. We started last week, and Bezer Hashem, that will be twelve forty-five. It will also be streamed for those who can't make it physically. That's twenty-four Shea Road in Muncie, or you could watch it live. Okay, so uh, oh, please open your source sheet if you're on Zoom. You can uh, open it on the chat. If you're watching us on. Uh, YouTube or on the yeshiva.net, you'll see when you go to the homepage, there's a green bar, live classes, Monday morning, and that has the source sheet. This is from Lakute Sichais. We're going to be learning today is from Lakute Sichais, volume 4, page 1144, 1144. You'll see in the middle of the page, there's a title, this is a uh, this is from a talk that was delivered a sicha a presentation a sermon a shir that was presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah and Simchas Beis Hashayeva Tovshin Chav Gimel that would be around September 1962. It was Rosh Hashanah at the Fabrengen of Rosh Hashanah and then later a follow up. At the Fabrengen of Sukkot, Simchas Beis of that same year, Tovshin Chav Gimel, as I said, 1962, the end of 62. In the Hebrew, it would be Tovshin Chav Gimel, which would be 5723. So let's begin. Rosh Hashanah. It's a Yiddish, it's a Yiddish Sicha. The Rebbe would, the Rebbe would usually speak in Yiddish, but I'll translate and elucidate and explain to the best of my ability, Beis Rosh Aleph, Afen Pasek, Dirshu Hashem Behimotzei, Zagin Chazal, Elo Asari Yamim, Shabain Rosh Hashanah Le'em The Pasek says, this is a verse in Yeshaya Perik Nun Isaiah chapter 55, and it's a very, very famous Pasek. It's the Haftarah that we recite on a fast day. And we recite in the Slichas, some of the Slichas, some Gedaya, others. Dirshu Hashem Karif, which literally means search out Hashem when He is present, call out to Him when He is close. So the Gemara asks the question: What does this mean? Search for God when He's present and call out to Him when He's close. God is always present. God is always close. How could he be far? So Chazal tell us that this is actually referring to 
or alluding to a particular season of the year. It's the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Those are in the ten tegvas of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Those are unique days that are charged with special significance and meaning and energy and opportunity that we say, seek out Hashem when He's present. Call out to Him when He's uniquely accessible, uniquely close, even though He's always present and always close. But Elu Asar these ten days that begin with Rosh Hashanah and end on Yom Kippur, we call them Asar Yisimei Tshuva, the ten days of Tshuva, the ten days of repentance. This year it's going to begin next week, Rosh Hashanah, and then continues through Yom Kippur. These ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, those are the days that the Navi, the prophet, Yeshayahu HaNavi, Isaiah the prophet, alludes to when he speaks about seek out Hashem when he's present, call out when he's close. There seems to be something grammatically amiss here that the Lubavitcher Rebbe is going to take note of. At the surface, it seems like just a small little nuanced technical issue. As we will see, this very nuanced detail contains within itself the opening, the vista, the gate, the portal to be able to dissect a deeper message. In Adam Lashen Fun, Razal, in this language, in this terminology, Employed by Razal. Razal is Rabbi Seinu Zichroinam Levracha. It's an acronym. Our sages, our teachers of blessed memory. There seems to be a paradox. Let's remember the words of Chazal. And this is, by the way, from Maseches Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud Ches Amar Aleph, as he says in footnote 2. Tractate Rosh Hashanah, page 18a. So, so when you vomit, explaining that when is Hashem uniquely present? The ten days, it refers to the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Do you hear the issue? Do you hear the issue in the language? For them, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, The languages, the term used by our sages in the Gemara is, these are the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Intimates that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur themselves are outside of these days. If you say, I'm going to meet you between two o'clock, between two o'clock, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to meet you between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, or between any two dates that you want to uh, refer to. So the, what does it sound like? Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur themselves are not included in those dates. These are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So they begin after Rosh Hashanah and they continue till Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur themselves are excluded. On the other hand, they say the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there are only seven days. Because Rosh Hashanah is two days. Yom Kippur is one day. So the ten days of tshuva begin with Rosh Hashanah and end with Yom Kippur. If you actually look at Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur themselves as being excluded and you look at the days in between, Shabain, you only have seven days. But the Chazal speak about ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So we have here a serious, we have here a, 
a real problem in the language. They could have said, Elu Asarayamim, Mi Rosh Hashanah, Vadim Kippur. These are the 10 days from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur. That would make perfectly sense. They don't say that. They say, Elu Asarayamim, Shebein Rosh Hashanah Lehema Kippur. These are the 10 days in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. This is the paradox the Lubavitcher Rebbe is addressing. When you say in between, it sounds like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur themselves are not part of this unit. On the other hand, you said 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. <laughs> we can't invent new days on the calendar that don't exist. That means you're including Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Which one is it? Right? It's... It, so most people look at it and say, okay, I don't know, it's, it's a, maybe you gotta fix, maybe it's a printing mistake. But it's not. <coughs> it's just an expression. But the expression seems difficult to understand. Again, it seems like a paradox. Either they're included or they're excluded. You can't have it both ways, logically. Muzman Zagin. So the Rebbe continues. How, how do we, how do we deal with this? So you have to conclude. As in the Shoshana V'yem Kippur, then in Datsvein Yonam. Our sages were intimating, <coughs> and in their uh, inimitable style, and extremely nuanced style of presentation and expression, they were teaching us that the Shoshana and Yom Kippur, each of them, have two dimensions. Each of them has an essential, intrinsic theme that belongs to it itself, their own core, which is not about tshuva, it's not about repentance. In addition to that, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are also part of a unique unit of 10 days that embody the theme of tshuva of repentance. This, this paradigm, this way of understanding it, answers the paradox. First, the system is, first you address, first you appreciate, first you internalize the essential theme of Rosh Hashanah vis-a-vis itself, and then the second concept of Rosh Hashanah as part of the unit of the ten days of tshuva. Now we can understand clearly why the Chazal Use this enigmatic language, the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, to intimate that <coughs> first comes the work of Rosh Hashanah itself. In other words, the avoida, the service, the life that emerges from the essential theme of Rosh Hashanah vis-a-vis itself. Following that comes the second element of Rosh Hashanah, and that is it's part of one of the 10 days of Tshuva. So here we reconcile the question, and let's explain. Chazal say these are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So we ask the question, it's not between, 
It's from Rish Hashanah. Why couldn't they just say it clearly? Ten days from Rish Hashanah till Yom Kippur. The answer is if they would say it that way, you would be missing the point. You would be missing a major point. Because you would think there's just one unit of ten days of Tshuva that begins with Rish Hashanah and ends with the conclusion of Yom Kippur. Chazal want to tell you something else. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have two aspects. One is Rosh Hashanah vis-a-vis itself, Yom Kippur vis-a-vis itself. No, Rosh Hashanah has a unique theme outside of the realm of tshuva. We're going to explain what that is. Yom Kippur also, we call Yom Kippur the Day of Atonement, but he says even Yom Kippur has a unique independent theme that is essential to itself beyond it being one of the ten days of tshuva. And in that sense... Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur stand outside of the 10 days due to this unique individual theme that belongs to Rosh Hashanah itself. Not only Rosh Hashanah as part of these 10 days. Just like every single day has its own unique quality, besides it being a unit of a week or a unit of a month or a unit of a year. We're now in the month of Elul, right? So every day has an element that it's part of Elul, it's part of a unit, but it's also its own unique day just like in everybody's life. There's certain things you do every single day. Yeah, you brush your teeth. <laughs> we brush our teeth every day. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. In that sense, it's one day that's similar to any other day. On the other hand, there's also unique things that belong to this day and this time of the year. So the Rebbe says, this is what the Chazal are saying. There's the element of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that belong only to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And in that sense, the days of Tshuva exclude Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have a theme that transcends the concept of Tshuva. In addition to that, there's a second dimension to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. They're part of the unit of 10 days. In that sense, they're included within the unit of 10 days. In order to bring out this very subtle nuance, Chazal say it briefly and concisely by saying these are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. In other words, there's an aspect in which they're included because it's 10 days, so they have to be included. On the other hand, we're saying in between because we want to say there's an aspect of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that's not part of the unit. They have their own theme and that comes first. And then after that comes the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is focusing on Rosh Hashanah as part of the unit of truth. This is true about Yom Rosh Hashanah. This is also true about Yom Kippur, like he says in footnote four. V'chein bi Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur also has these two things. In Yonah Ya'atzmi Upchinas Hatshuva Shabbai. I'm reading footnote four. There is the essential message of Yom Kippur, which transcends Tshuva, and then there's the concept of Tshuva. Umohus Ha'atzmi di Yom Kippur Ruachaisim Shol Kala Sedesim Tshuva Kameshim Avor Lahala. And the essential message of Yom Kippur comes after you have the unit of ten days of Tshuva, as he will explain later in the Yom Kippur de Kesicha which I hope to get to, Blineder. We actually started it last year. I don't think we finished it. Now the question is, what, what does all of this mean? This is the introduction. What does it really mean? What does it mean? There's the Rosh Hashanah vis-a-vis itself, and Rosh Hashanah is part of a unit of Tshuva, base. Tshuva is hacher from Allah Mitzvahs. Tshuva is something that transcends, there's something about it that reaches higher, deeper, as we will see, than all of the commandments. That's why Tshuva has a unique power. It can repair, it can fix all of the blemishes that may exist in a person, blemishes as a result of me engaging in something that is inappropriate, 
or me abstaining from something that is important. And it creates a begam, it creates some type of blemish. And yet tshuva can fix that blemish. How? If I really did not do this mitzvah that was so important, or furthermore, I transgressed this mitzvah which was so important. So now we say that tshuva comes and can fix it all. It can cleanse you, bleach you, whiten you, remove every stain. But how does that happen? If there's a real blemish here, there's a blemish. So from here we see that tshuva is higher than all the mitzvahs. In other words, tshuva has some very deep potency. It has some very deep power that it can fix all the blemishes that were caused as a result of mitzvahs or the lack of them. There's something about tshuva that reaches into a deeper place in the person and a deeper place in reality, deeper than anything. So tshuva is an incredibly powerful idea because it means I did the wrong thing or I didn't do the right thing and maybe for a very long time. And that has consequences. It has results. There are ramifications to that. And then comes tshuva and removes all the problems, transforms the person, cleanses the person, may even elevate him or her to even a deeper place. So this means that tshuva has something in it, a secret, as we're going to explain, that goes deeper than the mitzvahs. Because if not, how could it do, accomplish this that all the mitzvahs can't? If I don't do a mitzvah, I'm missing something. And we say, no, that's till tshuva. Once you did tshuva, you're good to go. You're, uh, you're good. Really? Wow. So tshuva has something that no mitzvah has. A mitzvah I have to do. And if I don't do it, I didn't do it. <laughs> There's no way of getting around it. And if I did, and if I actively did something that I shouldn't do, I did something I shouldn't do. We call it an avera. We call it a transgression. And yet Truva comes and says, no, it's not a transgression anymore. <laughs> what do you mean it is? Truva has something that's deeper than all the mitzvahs. Fascinating. He says in footnote five, shemitam harambam mitzvahs. It's wondrous, why did the Rambam, the great codifier, not include the mitzvah of tshuva in the number of the 613 mitzvahs? Perhaps what we just said can give an explanation. Because tshuva is higher than the mitzvahs and it encompasses all of them. And he continues and he says, V'tzivuyim ha'koylalim e'nam nimnim eminyin ha'mitzvah, sefer ha'mitzvah sherish dalad. The Rambam in the Sefer HaMitzvahs in the introduction says that mitzvahs that are all-encompassing, let's say it says in the Torah you should keep all the mitzvahs, it's not counted in the number of 613. The number of 613 includes only individual mitzvahs that deal with a specific act, a specific thought, a specific word, a specific emotion, a specific experience. So the Rebbe says since tshuva is higher than all the mitzvahs, and tshuva includes all the mitzvahs, because tshuva helps for any mitzvah that was not done. Any mitzvah that was violated, tshuva helps. In other words, it includes all the mitzvahs. Perhaps that's why the Ramah doesn't mention it as one of the mitzvahs. Ah, you could say, 
it does require a certain specific action called tshuva. The Rambam doesn't mention general mitzvahs when they don't require a specific behavior. It says in the Torah, do all the mitzvahs. So the Rambam doesn't mention because there's nothing, nothing to say about it because there's no specific action. But tshuva does have a specific way, a specific formula how you do it. He says that's true. But tshuva yishbeiz inyanam. Tshuva has two components to it. First is inyan ha'ikri de tshuva a little blurry. The main idea of Chuva, which is Kabbalah's Kiyom Teirah Mitzvah Lahabu, which is a resolution for the future of how I'm going to live with Teirah Mitzvah Mitzvah to you. That's like the Mitzvah be holy. Beis Harata Lahava, remorse for the past. That's like the Mitzvah, your backbone, your nape should not be hard any longer. And these two mitzvahs, to be holy and not to be stubborn, are general mitzvahs. What is unique about tshuva is confession, and that the Rambam does count. Okay. This is a parenthetical. So now let's go to the next paragraph. I just was reading the footnote. Actually, in the middle of the paragraph, of, uh, at, the end of, end of, at the end of the page, the beginning of the paragraph that begins with base. Next page. So let's think about this. If we just said that the concept of Rosh Hashanah as one of the days of Tshuva is secondary to the theme of Rosh Hashanah, in and of itself, this means that there's something about Rosh Hashanah that is even deeper than Tshuva. So this we really have to understand, because Tshuva is already higher than all the mitzvahs, because Tshuva can fix any mitzvah, even that which the mitzvah did not accomplish. In other words, I did not do the mitzvah, and therefore I'm missing that mitzvah. Tshuva can fix that. I did the opposite of a mitzvah. I violated a commandment and I have a blemish. Tshuva can fix that. Tshuva can fix everything. Famous words of the Rambam in the laws of Tshuva chapter 3. Nothing stands. Based on Yerushalmi. Nothing stands in the path of Tshuva. Now when we say that Rosh Hashanah has an independent theme that transcends even Tshuva. There is Rosh Hashanah as part of the 10 days of Tshuva, but that's secondary to the concept of Rosh Hashanah, the theme of Rosh Hashanah in and of itself. This means that the theme of Rosh Hashanah in and of itself is even deeper than Tshuva. But this only begs the question, what could be deeper than Tshuva when you already said that Tshuva reaches higher than all of the mitzvahs? What could yet be deeper than Tshuva? So the Lubavitcher Rebbe continues, in Vaz Bashteit, Davoide for Rosh Hashanah Mitzadatzmai. So what is indeed the theme? What is the Avoid of Rosh Hashanah in and of itself? We know the Avoid of Rosh Hashanah as part of a serious Yimei Tshuva, but we explained, we're going back to the beginning, that the concept of Rosh Hashanah is one of the ten days is in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because it's a theme of Rosh Hashanah that stands apart and aloof of the theme of Rosh Hashanah as part of a serious Yimei Tshuva. What then is the essential theme of Rosh Hashanah itself. What is it? So he explains. He says, we continue further. 
Chazal tell us, Imru lefonai, Malchiyas Kadesha Tamlichuni Aleichem. You see, everything has a footnote, so you can always see where it's from. Footnote 6, Rosh Hashanah Tezayin Amad Aleph, Rosh Hashanah Lamad Dalad Amad Bez, tracted Rosh Hashanah 16 and 34. Chazal tell us that Hashem tells, tells the Jewish people that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, I want you to declare before me all the verses of Malchias, many of the verses that discuss coronation, God as king, so that you will coronate me. You will declare me as your king. You will coronate me as your monarch, as your leader, as your king. That's what our sages say is the theme of Rosh Hashanah. And that's why in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah, the main theme that's recurring, that keeps on repeating itself is the theme of divine coronation. Like we ask in Rosh Hashanah again and again, May you, God, alone, rule, be the king over all of your creation. We speak about Translation. May every creature know that you created it and may every creature know that you formed it. And everyone that has a soul in its nostrils, may it declare that God is king and his king permeates and penetrates everywhere. And so on, Hamelech, Hamelech, the coronation of Hashem as a king. That's the theme of Rosh Hashanah, Shatam Lichuni Aleichem. Reb says, as we will see, that's one of the reasons we blow Shoifer, because by coronations, they would blow Shoifer. We'll get to that soon. Now, let's think about this. What does it mean to coronate? As is moving, it's understandable. As Eder Menevzev Zich Mekabel Malchusi Yisbarach is Nechayach Degan Savayda for Mitzvahs. We understand that one, before, before one accepts upon themselves the Malchus, the kingship of Hashem, the whole work of Mitzvahs is inapplicable. Kemaimer, as our sages say, Kablu Malchusi, Vaachakach, Kablu Gzeiroise. The Mechilta says this in Shmois. God says, First accept my malchus, and then my kingship, and then you'll be able to accept my statues, my, my blueprint for life, my decrees. It's a mechilton in, in Shmois. The mechilta says that there was a king that came to a city, a country, and the, the people said, why don't you give us your constitution, give us your laws? He said, before I give you laws, you first have to accept me as your king. I can't give you any laws before you accept me as your king because they're going to be irrelevant and ineffective. So God says, first kablu malchusi, first accept my malchus, and then kablu gzeiris, and then you'll accept my gzeiris. The Mishnah says in Brachas, why is that when we read Shema, we read first the portion of Ahafta, and then the portion of Ahayim Shemaya Tishmu. He says, first be mekabel my malchus, yikabel b'shor ben karchas, as they say, yikabel of el malchus shemayim tchila, v'achir yikabel of el mitzvahs. Before you read the second portion, v'ahayim shemaya, First, you need the first portion where you're basically accepting Shema Yisrael, Hashem as a king. In other words, before you accept a relationship with him, you don't have the avayda of mitzvahs. Let me, let me just give a very practical example. Let's take an employer and an employee. An employer 
can give to an employee a list of what has to be done today. Yeah, I can give him a list of five things. I need you to do this today. But that all presupposes the idea that I work for you. <laughs> if I don't work for you, if I don't accept you as my boss, what are you going to give me? You're going to give me a list, list of what to do. I don't even know who you are. I may know your name, but I don't work for you. Once I accept it, I'm part of this company, I'm part of this corporation, I'm part of this office, I'm on staff. Okay, and now I accepted you as the, the CEO, as my boss. So therefore, now, okay, tell me what to do. The king is giving me decrees, tell me how to live. Who are you? So Hashem says, first accept my malchus, and then you can accept my xeris, my, my, my blueprint for living. But without that, there's no relationship. There's no, rela- there's no connection. There's no relationship. Taking a marriage, yeah? <laughs> This, there's obligations that a husband has to a wife. Obligations. I'm talking halachically in Jewish law. There's obligations a wife has to a husband. The word obligations people don't like today, but yeah, there's obligations. It's called duties. Duties. But it presupposes a relationship. If you never accepted that you're married, and this is hard sometimes for people, now you're going to tell me, okay, Please, let's do this. Let's get this accomplished. Please get this accomplished. I'm not married to you. <laughs> where, where do I come into? Where do I come into doing all of these things? So all of the mitzvahs are very nice, but they all presuppose a connection, a relationship. And this is so important because the relationship precedes everything. Once there's a relationship, the melech says, "I'm yours." I belong to you, you belong to me. I'm the leader, I'm the I'm going to take, this is my company, and you're part of it. Now this is how we'd live. But without that essential relationship that precedes the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs become meaningless. They become just dry, empty tools because we're not even connected. B'meila. Eich da'avoy was ihr Sache ist zum Massaken sein, das, was man hat nicht ausgeführt gesehen ist am Melech, ist Scheich erst nach Kabbalah, man muss sie es Baruch. It's true about all the mitzvahs, it's also true about Tshuva. What's Tshuva? Tshuva is the tool to repair that which I did not do, that which I failed to execute in terms of a decree of the king. That also can only come after there's a relationship, after I accepted as Malchus. Just like a king gives me all of these decrees. I don't know who you are. I never accepted you as my king. I never coronated you. It doesn't apply. Tshuva also doesn't apply. Tshuva is saying I'm sorry and making amends for that which I didn't do, for the mitzvah that I didn't do. So tshuva too can only come after I accepted his malchus. Again, back to the marriage. Back to the employee. I said... That once I'm working for the company and you're my boss, now I can get a list from you what to do. Now let's say I, I fail to do that list. Or let's say I even mess something up. So I come to you and I say, I'm sorry, I apologize, I have to fix what I did. Whatever it is, the concept of tshuva. But that too can only come if you're my boss and therefore I need to apologize. I failed you. I failed the company. Again in a marriage. Sometimes a husband doesn't fulfill his duties or the other way around. I say, I'm sorry. I said something that was off. I did something that was off. So I make amends. I say, I'm sorry. 
buy, you buy flowers, you buy a card, whatever it is, to do tshuva. The other way around, a woman wants to apologize to her husband, they both want to apologize to each other. For what? For failing to live up to their duties, to their responsibilities, to their love, to their commitments. But that can only come if there was already an established relationship. I belong to you, and therefore I'm feeling remorse for not living up to my obligations as a spouse. Thus haste, what do we mean here? This means as follows. This is the key. is about the core relationship before you talk about any mitzvahs, before you even talk about fixing the issues in the relationship because we failed to live up to each other's obligations. That's all very important, but that's all comes later. First, we need to make sure that we have a relationship. How important is this? How important is this with your children? How important is this with anybody you're connected to? I could focus on what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. You have to do this. You don't have to do this. But the relate, what if the relation, the connection is not there? It all comes after this connection. That's the key. From connection flows certain things we do to embrace and intensify and solidify and enhance and implement the relationship and certain things we don't do. And when we make mistakes, we then do tshuva, which is repairing. But all that presupposes, all of this follows the prerequisite to all, the baseline, the paradigm, the yisoid, the foundation, the core. And that is, you're mine, I'm yours. We Often we don't even talk about this, like this you take for granted. But you can't take it for granted. Because if that's missing, you're missing the foundation. So he says, what's Rosh Hashanah? That's Rosh Hashanah. That's why we say Rosh Hashanah is even deeper than mitzvahs, even deeper than tshuva. Tshuva is once there's a relationship, there's an obligation, and therefore I feel bad, I feel remorse, and I'm going to make a resolution for the future. This is what we call tshuva, repentance. But first the employee has to be hired. (laughs) He has to be hired. He has to experience himself as a new person. I am part of this company. The husband and the wife have to be married. In other words, we are in a marriage. I come to a stranger whom I never met and I said, here's a list for you to do things for me. I'm sorry, you're a nice guy, but I don't know who you are. Go find somebody else. You have to do tshuva because you didn't do this for me. I don't even know who you are. So the Rebbe says, what's Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah says, Netman Atzmus Alein. Rishishana is about the relationship itself. Hechel von Aligiluyim. It's deeper and higher than all of the manifestations. All of Giluyim means all of the revelations. Which in Chabad lexicon, these are two very potent words. Atmos and Giluyim. Thank you. This is coffee. Baruch a mitzvah boy. It's a mitzvah boy we have here. A mitzvah boy. When is your mitzvah today? 
tomorrow, okay? I see you preparing well. Before you start the mitzvahs, you see, before he starts the mitzvahs, he's starting all the mitzvahs. Before he starts all the mitzvahs, he's entering into the relationship. Tavoid of Rosh Hashem deals with atzmos itself. There's what's called atzmos and what's called giluyim. He's going to explain. Atzmos means atzmos in Hebrew is like the bones. Yeah, atzmos are the bones. Etzim is the bone, but it's representing the core essence. Giluyim are manifestations. Manifestations means every person has different energies that they give off, impressions that we give off. Atzmus is the core. So the Rebbe says, the Avoid of Rosh Hashanah is about the core. Here it's, can you make me your king? Can it become the day when we begin to belong to each other. Which part of we? My essence. My essence. Just like in the marriage. Marriage doesn't begin with doing this or doing this or not doing this. It's part of it. It's obligations, what we call the ksuva. You got to provide. <laughs> you got to put money on the table. You got to make sure your spouse has the clothes they need, the food they need, the shelter they need, the nurture they need, the protection they need, the health they need. Just like with your child. Being a father or a mother doesn't mean you pay tuition for the child. You're like, which world do you live in? Yes, I know it means that, but it doesn't begin with that. That's the way the relation, it's one of the ways in relation to manifest it. You make dinner for your children. And you take care of their laundry, and you take care of another 0.1 million things for them, which they may find out hopefully when they get a little older, <laughs> just like you found out with your mother and father. Are, is that the relationship? It's part of the relationship. It's a manifestation of the relationship, but it doesn't begin with that. So, oh, you see your child. Let me pay tuition for you. It begins with the fact that you're my child. You're my child. We, we're, what is that about? <laughs> is that an act? How do you become my child? How, what is that? What does that look like? You're my child is before. I'm going to make dinner for you. I'm going to make sure you have a bed. I'm going to make sure you have a home. I'm going to make sure you have the nurture and the nature and the love and the protection and the physical and the spiritual and the psychological and emotional peace of mind, that's all the relationships manifestations, the way the relationship is channeled in day-to-day acts. This is what we call mitzvahs. There's things you do, there's things you don't do. There's things that relate to physical, concrete things a parent do, and then there's emotional stuff. There's being there for your child emotionally. There's being there for your child physically, concretely. Some people do everything right. There's always dinner and everybody has clothes and everybody has a bed. What's missing is emotional presence. Sometimes people have a lot of emotional connection. They're not so good in the practicalities of it. But both of these, the emotional connection and the practical duties, all presuppose that there is an essential relationship. You're my child. Same in a marriage. There's things a husband does for a wife, a wife does for a husband. There's the physical, practical stuff, making a living, whatever it is. And then there's the emotional connection, the emotional presence. But all of these come after the key, 
were married. What does that look like? Is that a mitzvah? Is that something you do every day? It's, it's expressed in a lot of things you do every day. But it's based on an essential relationship that is deeper than a particular act. There's no one thing I do that makes my child my child. It's a definition of you. I am a mother. I am a father. You are mine. I am yours. We are essentially connected. Which part of me? My arms? My legs? My nose? My face? Yes. But more than that, me. <laughs> me. Commitment. Me. My atzmos. That's Rosh Hashanah. We always talk. You, t- you bring in a kid. <coughs> you bring in a kid. A teenager. Do you have to do mitzvahs? Of course I have to do mitzvahs. He doesn't know about the relationship. <laughs> mitzvahs presuppose there was you need a reshoshana in life. You must have a reshoshana in life. I know nothing about the relationship, about the essential connection. And which part does that touch? That's not my arms or my legs. It's also my arms and my legs. It's the essence. You know the guy, you know the story. The reason I made a separate bracha is because it's a separate drink and the drink, the second drink was not here when I made the first one. And I didn't, I didn't have in mind for it. That's why I'm making a second blessing. There's a beautiful story that uh, it's a really, it's a very deep story that Samach Tzedek He's known as Amosadeh, was the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. His name was Rebbe Nachem Mendel Schneerson. His mother, da, mother passed away when he was a little baby. He was actually born the day before Rosh Hashanah, Erev Rosh Hashanah, Tafkuf Memtes, Erev Rosh Hashanah, 1788. And his mother passed away when he was a young boy. It's a whole story. She actually passed away right after Rosh Hashanah, at Gedalia. And his grandfather raised him. Obviously, there was a, a woman in the house to help him, but his grandfather raised him as a father. And uh, they were once playing, and the Tzemach Tzedek, who was a little baby, he was a young boy, very young boy, was sitting on his grandfather's lap. Now, you know who the grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, you could see in the painting his beard, right? You could see what type of beard he had. So the Tzemach Tzedek was brushing he was putting his hands through the Alter Rebbe's beautiful beard, and he was saying, Zayde, 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 which was just, you know, an experience of intimacy and love and connection. My grandfather, my Zaydi, my Zaydi. You know, he's just putting his, 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 his little cute hands through the Alter Rebbe's beard. And the Alter Rebbe said, where is the Zayde? This is the Zaydi's beard. Where is the Zaydi? So he pointed to his nose. He says, this is Zaydi's nose. Where's the Zaydi? So he pointed to his eyes. These are Zaydi's eyes. Where's the Zayda? He pointed to the forehead. And so each time his grandfather said, this is not your grandfather. This is the nose of your grandfather, the eyes of your grandfather, the arms, the legs, the torso, the forehead, the skull. Where is the Zayda? 
So the Tzemach Tzedek didn't say anything. It looked like he was, so to speak, you know, he lost the game. Like his grandfather got him, right? He kept on saying, Zayda, Zayda. And his grandfather proved to him that, no, you're not touching the Zayda. You're touching limbs, different organs of your grandfather. So it seemed like, like it was like, okay, you know, my grandfather is a smart man. He got me again, right, with this little game or trick. But it's a Machzedek. <laughs> he was no dumb child, as you would say, to put it mildly. A few minutes later, the Alter Rebbe is sitting and doing his thing. And the Machzedek is by a door. And he suddenly gives a scream. <laughs> it seemed like that his, the door slammed on his finger. That's what it looked like. So, you know the pain, right? You ever had? <laughs> I had it. You know, you ever had that, that finger stuck over there in the door when it was slammed shut? That's what it looked like. And the Tzemach Sadeh gave us, ah! He was a little kid. So the Alter Rebbe heard this. He jumped off his chair and he ran over to the Tzemach Sadek. He ran over. He said, Voss, what's happening, Mendel? And the Tzemach Sadek, a little kid, he's sitting on the floor. He looks up, smiles and says, ah! Das is the Zayda. This is the Zayda. <laughs> das is the Zayda. The beard is part of the Zayda. The eyes, certainly part of the Zayda. <laughs> the forehead is part of the Zayda. This is called Giluyim. It's the way the Zayda is manifested through a face, there's arms, there's legs, the whole organism. And each one expresses something and each one is, is so important. I connect to you with my eyes, and I connect to you with my arms, and I connect to you with my legs, and I connect to you with my heart, and I connect to you with my brain, I connect to you with my mouth. But I'm looking for the Zayda. The Alter Rebbe wanted to teach his grandfather about the Zayda. The essence, Atmos. The connection, attachment. We call it attachment. Which part? I am attached to you, and you're attached to me. Who? What's who's I? The core of I, <laughs> the core of I, which is not easy to define what that looks like, doesn't look like anything. And therefore, it looks like everything. That's Rosh Hashanah and the relationship. It's deeper than mitzvahs, it's even deeper than tshuva. Mitzvahs is about how to live. Tshuva is about repairing and making amends when I failed, which is even deeper than the mitzvah, because it's the ability to compensate is the ability to fix a mistake. And the ability to fix a mistake comes from a much deeper place. And that's why it's not affected by mistakes. It can handle a mistake. As we'll soon see what that means. So it's already a deeper relationship than the mitzvah. The mitzvah is, you got to do this. And you're not allowed to do this. And these are absolute. They're non-negotiable. What if I don't? Is the relationship over? No, this truva, you can repair it. But even deeper than tshuva is Rosh Hashanah. Shetam lichuni aleichem. You're mine, I'm yours. God says, coronate me. What does it mean to coronate me? How do you coronate me? I'll give you a mitzvah? No, it's before mitzvahs. Tshuva? No, it's before tshuva. What does it mean to be in a relationship with God? What does it mean to be married? What does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a Zayda? What do these things look like? They look like a billion things, but they also look like nothing. It's an essential trust. It's an essential relationship. Touches your core and your child's core. Your core and your spouse's core. Your core and Hashem's core. The Hevra Taifas, 
Yechav not grasping what he's saying here. Whoopsie. Okay, a bird just came to visit us. Hello, bird. <clears throat> Somebody writes here. One of the, the pillars of our class writes as follows. Too many of our, in, in the chat, too many of our children and even some potential converts are presented with a Judaism that puts obligation before the relationship. And some never even address the relationship at all. It's literally like putting the cart before the horse, sometimes forgetting the horse all along and all together, and then wondering why the cart can't get to its destination when you put the cart before the horse and you may have even forgotten about the horse. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Next, so is this saying that on one hand, there is an inherent relationship that we don't choose like a child, <laughs> what are you going to unchoose your child? And on the other hand, like a child, oh, and on the other hand, it's a relationship that we choose like marriage. That's a beautiful question. Do we choose it or do we not choose it, right? The marriage relationship you have to choose. That's the definition of marriage. Both. The woman needs to choose it. The man has to choose it. If somebody is coerced into a relationship, legally and halachically, it's not a marriage. The woman has to agree, of course, and the man has to agree. A a parent and a child, it's a different type of choice. You're going to be my child forever. The choice you have to make is, (laughs) are you going to acknowledge it and are you going to realize what that does for you and to you? And is that going to be an active part of your life? And that's a choice that even children have to make. They can't choose the biological connection. I mean, if I'm your mother, I'm your mother. If I'm your father, I'm your father. You're my child, you're my child. That, that's a biological fact. But how much you're cognizant of it, how much that defines your life in a positive sense, hopefully, how much is that's gonna, how meaningful is that gonna be for you? How much of your life is gonna reflect that innate truth? We all have a choice. Sometimes children painfully feel that they don't want a relationship with their parents. And now sometimes that may be, they feel it's a lifesaver because of terrible situations they have been in. But very often it's not that. Very often it's, they do not know that they're looking for that relationship. They have created a cover-up to compensate for that pain and that void. And therefore, they don't go back to those primal connections that they really desperately need for their self-value and self-worth. But they feel, because of maybe some betrayal at, at, at a, as a young age, that that's not available for them. So their whole life, they're looking elsewhere, but really there's a wound that they're not addressing. So I could be in a relationship that I completely don't acknowledge. In fact, I'm running away from it, but I'm ultimately running away from my own deepest yearning and need. So which one is this? Okay, that's a good question. So here we come to the point that before everything, we have to know that we're here for each other. And this is so important. Let's get back to the marriage. There's times that a husband and a wife have to be there just to be able to go back to that space. It's not about what we're doing today. 
It's not even about repairing, which is amazing, which is amazing. That's tshuva. But that's all after the connection. That's what he says. Kiyum ha-mitzvahs, kiyum ha-mitzvahs, gzedes, delanktin, rotsenel, yenvier, kumtara, begili, varam, the mitzvahs, and eretzayni, yizbarach. The fulfillment of mitzvahs, those are the decrees of the king. This touches Hashem's will, the way Hashem's will is manifested, because the mitzvahs are His will. So when I fulfill the mitzvah, what am I doing? I am executing, I'm implementing the will of the Rebbeinu Shalalam. That's a relationship. <laughs> That's the way the zeda is manifested in arms, and legs, and a beard, and a nose, and eyes, and a forehead. Hashem says, this is my will, and here is what I'm asking you to do. Again, husband and wife, there are things that the wife wants, things that the husband wants, and we do it for each other, and it's part of our obligation as a husband and a wife. Then there's something deeper. Then there is tshuva. Tshuva means that even if I messed up, and I actually violated your will, I violated Hashem's will, or I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I could repair. Wow, that's very deep. That's even deeper. That means I could repair. The relationship is not over. Sometimes the employee has a, this is what you got to do. You don't show up, you don't do it. Maybe you even make a mess. Can you repair? Not so sure. Maybe you get fired. Here we say no. You can repair. It's like the husband and wife get divorced. You could repair. There's something called tshuva. This fixes even that which I did, which was antithetical to the will. This, this means their line seen of hecher from Ratzon. We're on the second column, 1145. This means that tshuva reaches deeper than the will that I wanted. It touches me in a deeper place. Even tshuva is still connected to a space of consciousness that's connected to my desires. In a place where these desires don't exist, so then tshuva also doesn't mean anything because the whole idea of tshuva is I'm sorry for not doing what you wanted. I'm sorry for hurting you by engaging in this behavior or not engaging in a certain behavior that you wanted. So this is all already part of how your will is being manifested. The first level is doing what you need to do or not doing what you're not supposed to do. That's mitzvahs. The second level, which is even deeper, is even when I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I feel bad for it and I could say I'm sorry and we can repair it. But all of this is not yet talking about the relationship itself. This is all the way the relationship is manifested in particular wills and desires and plans. It's not the Zayd himself. This is the core. It's beyond, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. That's much later. It's that we're here for each other. Who, who, who's we, 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 we're, we're, which part of me? I want this, I want, before that, I'm yours, you're mine.
I, my essence. It's called Atzmus Alein Hecher Fanala Gilei. The Refun is moving the Heichkeit from the Shamas Yisrael, the Langen and Atzmus Mamash. This gives you an appreciation of what a soul is. The soul touches the essence itself. For the Farkan and Zeba Meberstin Alein Aresuruf in the Mratzen Severna Malach. And that's why they can arouse in Hashem, so to speak, the desire to be a king. <laughs> they touch him in his core. In order to touch that space, you have to go into that space in yourself. This is called the bitl pnimi of etzem anashama the complete oneness and alignment that comes from the core of your soul, and that's expressed in the coronation of Rosh Hashanah when we say and we ask, I want you. And when you hear that, you say, and I want you. <laughs> and that's the coronation of Rosh Hashanah. So we have three levels in the relationship. This will be elaborated and explained and brought down with more details, more explanation, and we'll continue with Be'ezer Hashem in the next year, which is going to be Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. So we'll be able to have a deeper understanding of these three components that we're addressing. Mitzvahs, Tshuva, and then Rosh Hashanah in its essence, Shatam Lechoni Aleichem. Tshuva is always valid, but before Tshuva, you first need a relationship. <laughs> tshuva is valid. Of course it's valid. But the tshuva comes following the essential connection. Then there is the concept of mitzvahs, and then there's the concept of tshuva, which is deeper than mitzvahs. Right, right. It's like when a couple right, spends time, it's not undoing something specific for each other, or not even making amends. And those are all important stuff. It's really about the concept of reconnecting essentially. Okay, I'm going to wish you all a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.